podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey guys, this is Emil Heskey, and you're listening to the guys of Coppin and welcome to this week's episode of Carpet and Fracast, powered by Touchline Media Group. I am your host, Chris, and today I am joined by Ellis and Mark to talk about all things we can review for Liverpool Football Club. Gentlemen, how are you doing this fine, I say fine, absolutely pissing it down outside, um, this, fine, <laughs> this fine Tuesday evening as we record? All is well, sir. All is well, man. Wherever the optimist you know me, man. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. Um, you are the optimist, as we've just seen. Uh, we, we are recording this after Leicester City have beaten Manchester United. Uh, weakened, rotated Manchester United, who have been made to play a game against their will with you know a lot of their youngsters playing and reserve players playing. So, um, And uh, Mark has done a little bit of a bet with, uh, with Mike. And if we finish top four at the end of the season, he gets to shave Mike's hair off, which is quite funny. Um, and that will be Patreon content as well. So, you know, you don't say, so you say what you want about Coppen, but you always get fantastic content at every single turning point. Speaking of which, in terms of content, tomorrow evening, which will be today when you're listening to this, which is today, Wednesday the 12th. I always forget that we record this and it goes out the day after. It will be Wednesday the 12th of May 2021. At 7 p.m., myself and that man right there, right there, there he is, right there, if you watch on the YouTube, will be, Mr. Ellis, will be going off against two members of Make United Great Again, the Mugger Podcast, and a head-to-head fight card as Liverpool prepare to play Manchester United this Thursday evening. And we will be doing our research and our prep to put these guys in the mud. Looks like our season. And please... Please, please, please join in for that. Again, tomorrow, today, I keep forgetting, it's today, 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 at 7pm. I don't know why I did that like a Yardy radio. Today, 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 7pm, p.m., p.m., p.m. <laughs> Casual wear. No, no hoods. Um, tune in to the fight card at 7pm. It will be on the Touchline Fracas YouTube page where you're watching this on YouTube already. And of course, as per usual, 
the Copper and Fracas Patreon page. We have got business booming on the Copper and Fracas Patreon page. So do subscribe to there today. From as little as £3 per month, you'll get a wealth, wealth, and a vault of fantastic copper and content that we put out on a weekly basis um, from our phenomenal instant post-match reaction shows to our more in-depth pieces focused on the Academy Liverpool transfer targets and all things revolving around the football club. That is www.patreon.com forward slash copper and fracas. You can see it at the bottom of your screen going down right now if you're watching on the YouTube, which I implore that you do if you're listening on the audio and you want the YouTube that is patreon.com forward slash copper and fracas. So, without further ado, let's get stuck into the action. And Liverpool won a game of football at Anfield. It's rare it happens these days, unfortunately. They're now six games unbeaten. Six games unbeaten in the Premier League. And in what was the most boring game of football of all time, the longest game of football of all time, as I said on the post-match show at the weekend, the second half felt like an endless void where football was happening, but you didn't really know what was going on. Um, they, they came out winners. And, and Els, I'll come to you for this. That performance felt like a kind of cataclysm of what we've seen in recent, recent weeks in terms of Liverpool kind of getting an early lead within the first half having opportunities, especially in the first half, to extend on that lead, not capitalising on it, but the ultimate change was that it was a fantastic goal by Tiago Cantara to seal that victory. What was your thoughts uh, initially after you'd watched the game and now you've had a few days to process it? Um, immediately after the game, I thought that was a really meh game. It was really um, not much quality within the game. Um thought that we could have played a bit better taking our chances a bit more yeah that's that's was my, my feeling really I just thought it was just one of those that like you say was kind of a horrific game the lack of quality within the midfield was poor we didn't use the ball well um when we did take when we did have chances we didn't take them so it, it was um it was a bit it was a bit annoying really man I don't think I don't think many people, many players can can say they had a good claim, good game apart from Ali, Trent, uh, Mane ish. Yeah, that's what I, nah, I didn't really. I didn't really like the game. I didn't really like the performance. But having that after having, <laughs> no, nah, trust me, I didn't really like it, man. I, but no, I agree. Yeah, after a few days, you calm down and you think about it. We've, we've had that game so many times last season, but what made it better was that the control, the control was there, and I just think that we we lack control at the minute, and it's showing in our in our in our games and our performances. So it, it was like a 1920 game, as in 19 that 2019 2020, not like 1920, but yeah, as in it was the, the season we won the title. It was one of those games where we score halfway through the first half and we end it like 85 minutes we get the winner and everyone can go but within all those minutes we control the game but this season in our game there's a lot of lack of control I think we was very fortunate that um, Southampton have are devoid of quality up front because if they had maybe if Danny Ings scored it might have been a different game or if Danny Ings played rather it would have been a different game just because he, the quality he has surpasses everyone else up front so we can 
we can count ourselves rather fortunate. Um, also, Ali had a immense game. He made about three, four saves that were were very, very um, crucial to us winning. So, yeah. Right now, I think we're just at the end of the season where we just want to take as many points as possible. I don't think we really care about the performances. It's just trying to get numbers on the board. Completely agree. And it's one of those performances where you look at it subjectively while the spots are playing, you're thinking, this is, this is actually awful. But they did what they needed to do to get the job done. Um, Mark, I'll, I'll come to you on this. Kind of staying on the performance, really, more than anything. It felt very reminiscent of the first season under under Jurgen Klopp. I say the first full season under Jurgen Klopp when we got Champions League football. Um, that kind of run towards the back end where they were playing some awful, awful football, but getting results. The game that springs to mind for me is that game away at Watford, where Emre Chan scores that fantastic overhead kick, which has no business being scored in a game of such awful magnitude. You take that now, wouldn't you? First and foremost, that's, that's, that's the first question for you. You take those awful performances if they result in three points. But do you also think these kind of games are really important now, especially for the end of the season, considering how the season's gone, that they just keep adding on and they try to go and beat him till the end of the year so they can say, look, it was a shitstorm of a season. Virgil died in October. Gomez followed after him. Thiago died as well. Basically, everyone... Pre- <laughs> Basically, F1 just went missing. Um, and they could just say, look, even with these obstacles in front of us, even if they don't get Champions League, which you know we still hope that they can, it's looking like a bit more of an insurmountable task when you're relying on other things to go your way. But they can say, look, we put this run together at the end of the year, and it's a little bit of something that we can take into the next campaign. Um, yes, honestly, building that momentum would be very, very important going forward as a squad. Um, regardless of who comes and who stays, and who goes, in fact. Um, I think, like you said, the Watford game was so devoid of quality, there was just a moment of magic from Emery Chan, and that is what we saw on Saturday. Um, literally, the game wasn't the greatest game. We could have put a lot of passes together, and then Salah picks up money for a great goal, and then Thiago just does Thiago things. We haven't really seen him shooting as much of, as of late, but we know he is of that quality to be able to pass the ball into the net with that velocity and score a goal like that um, but it's very important to continue winning games I'm still of the mind that we do make top four and reminiscent of the season Jürgen Klopp's first full season which I believe is 17-18 we will get top four on the last day on goal difference and I think that's just because at the moment it's still technically in our hands Leicester face Chelsea Um I don't currently see Leicester beating Chelsea, especially with the way they played tonight. They played a uh, heavily rotated United side and didn't really threaten them too much. It was just a moment from a corner where Rashford was marking Sionchu. Sionchu pulls away from Rashford and gets ahead of him. Talk about your mismatches. (laughs) Yeah, literally. Even Matic was in and around the area, but when... Someone of Sionchu's aerial prowess is in the air. There's only certain people who can stop him. And one of those would have been Harry Maguire. Um, I think that bodes well for us that Harry Maguire isn't playing on Thursday. I do think Bae is a slightly better defender. Um, I know a couple of Manu fans will echo that sentiment with me. But it is quite important to continue to put points on the board regardless of how that comes. And 
once we get to the end of the season, whether we're top four or not, hopefully we are top four. We can just put the rest of the season behind us, knowing that Virgil's coming back, Gomez is coming back, Canate is coming back. We will have a fully fit squad. Skipper will be back as well. Um, I'm not too sure if he'll play any part in our remaining four games, but if he is able to come in and offer some of his qualities, then that would be amazing too. But it's the majority of it is continually putting together performances that get us over the line. I don't really care how it comes at the moment. Completely agree. Um, Els, I'll come to you on this next bit, and that phenomenally well put, by the way, Mark. Um, it's it's one of those it's one of those parts where you look at it and you think you don't care about how performances come. And this team very much prides themselves on being Liverpool and having that identity of playing how Liverpool do. But sometimes you just have to get in the pitch, you have to get in the mud, and you know see it out till the bit till the till the bitter end whatever that end may be, and you know, hopefully they kind of do that from now to the end of the season, which they are showcasing that they can do. Um, else, I'll come to you on this next bit. Um, and like, I was in, like I was kind of referring to there, Liverpool have found it very difficult being Liverpool this season. Um, and the most glaring thing is, it's just putting the ball in the back of the net more than anything. Um, Jota seems to have drunk the Kool-Aid. Um, the rest of them have in terms of needing 16 chances to score one opportunity. Um, and it's been a bit, that's been the, 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 one of the big systematic issues of our season. Yes, defence has been a, an issue from, from parts, especially from, you know, when you were playing Reese Williams, who is as green as green can be in terms of, you know, um, at this level. And the guy was playing non-league football last year, so the, comp- the comparison is uh, it's chalk and cheese. Um, and then you've got Nat Phillips, who essentially just tries to assault every single football with his head that he can. Um, but but the main issue in terms of Liverpool struggling to be Liverpool is you look at you look at the front three and, and you know front four as well. If we if we do include Firmino in that, they found it very difficult in putting chances away this season. Um, and it was very evident again from that first half. Really, you saw some opportunities where on their day, you know they're capable of scoring. But the one thing they found incredibly difficult this season is that that, that conveyor belt of chances where, okay, if I miss this one, and it's been more evident in kind of Sadio Mane and Mo Salah more than anyone, where they think, okay, we missed this one, another one will be around the corner. The light buses these chances, one will come five minutes later. The chance comes again. Oh, bloody hell, they popped into the corner shop to grab a drink before they get on the next bus. Yeah, bus has yeah. gone again. Yeah. And then the next one, and then the next, next one comes bus doesn't come and they just run out of these opportunities do you, do you, what do you think that that needs to change in terms of next season now? what do you think the biggest solution in terms of that is as well do you think it's kind of having a bit more of an increased output and a bit more faith in your midfield or do you think it's a little bit of a retooling and expecting these guys to score these chances more when they come around uh, both could be correct bro. both could be correct um, I do think all that we do need more goals from everyone else um, football is a team sport just because Mo and Mane have been extraordinary in the last what two three seasons scoring like 20 apiece a season um, they're human beings in it and they are fallible to to just, you know losing a bit of stardust more Mane this time um, so I think next season the front the front the forwards could do a bit of help of the um, midfielders chipping in um I think we've got that one goal from everyone in midfield this season or two, something stupid like that. I was reading a, I was reading an article with um, James Pitch. We've got something dumb, something so ridiculous. Um, 
Keep, keep filibuster and I'll, I'll, I'll look at that. Yeah. I think you're right. Um, so, yeah, no, actually, that's it. We've got four goals from midfield this season in comparison to United, who's got like 24 and Man City's got 28. So, you can see where the problem is. Um, if Mane's not scoring or Bobby's not going to score, you need goals from somewhere else. Um, the full-backs don't really tend to score. We're not getting no goals from the centre-backs because the main threats really are injured in Matip and, um, in Van Dijk. Um, and Joe Gomez, and Joe Gomez is still yet to score a senior first team football goal. Yeah, ever. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> yeah. So, um, that's, that's where our problem is. In all in all, if, if one person is not scoring, you need people to like cover that, cover the tracks. I mean, if we, if we can get 15 goals from six midfielders, that, that wins you a couple games, doesn't it? Um, so you've got you've got one goal from Jordan Henderson this season. Yep. You've got one goal from Curtis Jones this season. You've yep. got two goals from George Udino and Alden this season, and you got one from Thiago at the weekend. See, so I'm saying that's great. not good. that's not good enough. That's not good enough. I know people are probably listening to this pod, especially from the group chat, saying, "Oh yeah, Bruno, Bruno, Bruno," but. At the end of the day, you want you still want a bit of control in your midfield. You know what I'm saying? Like you don't want someone kicking the ball out every opportunity. But yeah, that's neither here or there. But we, we we need people to step up, and we need people to step up, and we need people to to take more of an opportunity when they do get it. Um, someone like Genie, he'll probably be off in the summer. But when he plays for the Netherlands, he turns into prime Rude Hullet. Um, people say now, oh, he does a job for Liverpool, so he can't score goals, which is a bona fide lie. Um, nobody stops him from getting into the 18 yard box he, Klopp doesn't have a leash on his neck um, stopping him from getting to the 18 yard box Klopp doesn't have a leash on Henderson's neck stopping him from getting to the 18 yard box so apart from their defensive duties they can like break forward and get a goal um, and the second part of your question Chris retooling maybe we do need some uh, fresh legs up front uh, the likes of Mane the likes of Salah the likes of um, Bobby They've, they've done their job. I, I say job, but they've 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 paid their dues. They've been doing it for four to five years. They've um, paid the way. Yeah, they have. Yeah, they've been doing it for four to five years. They've put in a lot of mileage. We can see with Bobby the reason why he is where he is now, and he's he looks like a knackered player because he's a knackered player. Um, he's played the most minutes under Klopp, more than everybody, everybody. So. For like two seasons now, he's been cooked because he's got a lot of mileage in his legs. Um, context is always king. I get it. Yeah, he's not playing as well, but you got to understand why he's not playing as well. The brother's tired. Um, same as Mane. Mane doesn't. Mane came out and said he doesn't know what's wrong. He just can't tell you. But we can tell you again. He's played a lot of games. He's had COVID. He goes to Senegal, comes back, plays again, plays at 120 miles per hour. Same as Salah. So we're kind of lucky that Salah's actually scoring goals. Do you know what I'm saying? So, um, uh, yeah, so it's just, it's just one of them things where I think it's it's important that we do go out in the summer and we, we do go and get um, a new vibrant forward, maybe two even, maybe two, just to, just to um, you know, give us something different going, going forward. Um, Jota, um, it's kind of strange that yeah, he's snatching at bare shots. He's snatching at bare shots. It's like he's desperate to carry on scoring. He just needs to relax. 
Um, he had I one. Think... He had one on Saturday, didn't he? Where he probably should have been putting the. He, he definitely should have been putting it away. But it was also like a half decent save from Fraser Forster. Yeah. Is that when he dribbles past like a couple men? Yeah. Yeah. So I thought he was going to touch the near post, I believe, instead of going to the far post. But yeah. I think that, I think that's a an outcome of him being injured for so long because he wants to pick up exactly where he left off because he was coming yeah. in and firing and um like just to go on to what you said, I do want to mention that it would be a lot worse if Salah is not scoring. Certain man when his Salah dropped for for Minamino. And now we can only see the impact that Salah has in the team and the points that he wins us, isn't it? Yes, um, King. Yes, King. And Firmino, in terms of Firmino, like, yes, he's been knackered for quite some time. He's been eating Rodizio Rico all the time. Like, them boys there, them Brazilian boys don't look after themselves, man. They go carnival, they do whatever they do, and they enjoy the time of their life, man. Which is understandable. If you're a footballer, yeah, and you're making a certain amount of money, I expect you to enjoy your life, innit? Like, life's not just about football. You've got your family, you've got God for Firmino, you've got whatever, innit? You've got other external influences. But ideally, what I want to see in the summer is you lot have known my stance. I want to see... Uh, two forwards. I want to see someone outline the plan, winger. brother. Come on, let's go. I want to see Director someone come as a replacement winger, and I want to see a number nine that can give Yota well, give like a Yota esque type boost. When Yota came in, everybody was firing at that point. Literally, I believe Mane wasn't the one that was scoring as many goals. I think he maybe got three and ten when Yota just hit the scene. Um, and Firmino as always he hasn't really been the most prolific so naturally you don't expect him to be scoring that many goals but Yota did amp up the team a little bit um, I feel like we need to go out there and get a goal scoring midfielder um, I don't want to say we haven't replaced Coutinho but we haven't replaced Coutinho's goals in some sense in the fact that it comes from a midfielder it changes the dynamic of a team and the way they have to defend against you because if there's a midfield threat they're always looking a bit further than the attackers, if you know what I mean. Like, I'll do you one even. I'll do you one even further than that. Mm. They've not even replaced Coutinho's replacement, who was supposed yeah. to be Nabil Fakir. So you could actually make the argument as the big Nabil Fakir-sized hole in the squad pause. So <laughs> when you look at kind of players that we are linked to in that aspect, your Rodrigo de Pauls, your Awas, it kind of makes sense. Yeah. And one thing I really do like about Coutinho and Fekir is being long shot threats, it opens up a lot of space for people who are magnificent passers, isn't it? Like, we can't even catch. Coutinho is one of the best passers that we've seen at Liverpool in terms of how quickly he can do it, the spotting of the pass, the spotting of the run. And because he's such a long shot threat, people come out to him. He's able to dribble past maybe a certain man and play that pass. Um, ideally, if Thiago is able to become that long shot for it, he is intelligent enough to become that magnificent passer in terms of being able to take one man out of the game or take two people out of the game and then slow it into the space opened up. And I think goals from set pieces have really killed us. Like we got seventeen last year. At the moment we've got four games left to play and we're on six. Like, last, uh, last, last, last goal that. last goal we scored from a set piece was uh, Roberto Firmino against Spurs and that was middle of that was yeah. near the beginning of December. Um, so you can so you can tell um, with no with no Virgil with no Matip no Lovren 
Either. Yeah. Oh, we just got to put in there. So it's a bit of a. It is a bit of a difficult one. Had two chances from corners against Southampton, and you can literally tell he's just used to defensive headering. The the, the, the second. I'm so glad you said that because the second header was. If you if you that's the other end of the pitch, you're thinking, get in, lad. Yeah. Yeah, Brilliant clearance. Nice. Some fantastic zonal marking. But obviously, when he's doing from an offensive point of view, they're thinking, for fuck's sake, goals there. Something yeah. rose-ed. Jesus. <laughs> I, I, I just feel that we, like, we've been linked with, like you said, Owa and the Paul and um, Sancho's names been banded about. I mean, if you bring those two guys in, that's 20 goals coming in. You know what I'm saying? Um, let's say Owa, you'll probably get you like seven, seven, five to seven goals in the league. Sancho will probably get about 13, 15, which is something we're, we're lacking and so that, that's what we need. We need to increase the goal output because I know we we can sit here, we can criticise the forwards and whatnot, but they're literally holding up the team, and other people need yeah. to pull their weight. Completely agree. You know what I'm saying? Because so interesting you say that in terms of you can't, and Sancho because they're going to miss chances. Exactly, they're going to miss chances, and for me, yeah. If you look at our strongest midfield, right now we would probably say our strongest midfield is Fabinho, Thiago and Henderson when everybody's fit. And where are the goals coming from those three? Like, you literally can't see anyone that offers an attacking threat. Yeah, Fabinho might slap one every 20 games from long range. Henderson might get a cheeky goal every 10 games, give you three a season. Thiago might give you one every 10 games, give you three a season as well. But we need someone in there that's got that attacking impetus. And I think Klopp might have missed the trick here with Curtis Jones because Curtis Jones probably gets you 10. If he plays 38 games a season, he probably gets you 10 games. So 10 goals. I know defensively he has some a lot to be asked of him and we did see from that Brighton performance where he did give away the ball to lead to the goal that they scored to draw with us that he might have that lack of concentration at some times, but do you want to offset that with his goals that could possibly win us games? There's certain things that you just need to weigh up in your mind sometimes and just understand that maybe you are foregoing that defensive stability, but going forward, you might be afforded a lot more. I completely agree. And I want to show something else said there earlier before we kind of move on to the next, 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 next stage. Um, when you mention Awar and Sancho, you, you, you're gonna, you know you're going to get a level of production. Slight, I'm not going to say guarantee because nothing in this life is guaranteed, but you know you can kind of forecast a decent level of production from both of those players. But more importantly, you're getting different elements from both, both of those players individually that you don't have from people currently in the team. So it's what I said earlier. I think what Mike said, I think it might have been yesterday, that's how long time is. It's like, the time for me is like that bloody game on Saturday. It just goes on forever. Um, when he said, who would you rather have, um, Awa or Florian Newhouse from uh, British Emotion Gladbach? I said, for the price, I'd definitely have Awa. And you know you're going to get a little bit of something different from him because he can play both deeper and he can play more up front. And I also said in rebuttal to that that Awa is essentially what you would, is what we see it's the template for what Naby Keita should be, if that makes sense. So he can bring in, he plays on the, the exact same side of the pitch that um, Keita prefers. 
and you know you're going to get something there, a little bit of creative and dynamism from him in that space, which is something we've massively lacked, and is one of the things we've been screaming out for from Kaito and the rest of the players in the team. I do want to move on to the next section. I want to talk about this man we're going to talk about right here, Alison Becker. Kind of going off the conversation we had about the front three not scoring and that period in the game where we were we got a re- got a really sloppy and we were creating chances and we had that little bit of uncertainty because we weren't putting stuff in the back of the net. And Southampton started to grow in the game. They started to get that little bit more confidence. Up steps. The guy that people like to call fat. Barbecue base Becker. Alison Becker. The big man. The, the man himself. The, the dad of the year. A, a dad once again for the third time. Someone's been enjoying themselves during lockdown. Um... <laughs> 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 oh shit! He can't help himself. Fair play. Well, he's got three kids. He's got three kids. He came to the club with one. He came to the club with one child, and now it's his third season with a third child. He's been enjoying, isn't he? You got to celebrate a Copper America win somehow. You know what I'm saying? Um, but up steps this man. Alison Becker, and he was so assertive, so dominant, and you got the glimpse of the old Alison Becker, the Alison Becker from last season, the Alison Becker from the season before, where he just comes in and he adds that calm nature uh, to the squad. Mark, I'll, I'll come to you on this. One of the things that we learned that from this game, it's just starting, it's, it's really starting to happen to him, for him again uh, at this crucial, crucial time of the season. How important has he been in these past few games? Again, the results aside, how important has he been in these games against Leeds, against Newcastle, and more importantly against Southampton? Honestly, like I can't emphasise his importance to the team as a whole. Like knowing that you've got a goalkeeper that can turn up on his day and stop you from conceding, even if you are beaten, that puts a lot of confidence in the team going forward and they're able to defend on the front foot a lot more. Um, the Newcastle game there was certain great saves. The Leeds games there was great saves, and yeah, I know I just did Firmino about his Radizio recall habits, and you can see the same with Alison Becker. Like he he likes to eat, man. Like, he likes to enjoy life, as you can tell from his kids. But he knows when he can step up, and regardless of his physical attributes and how he looks at the moment physically in terms of weight, and people can say whatever they want to say, he is still a great shot stopper. And I was almost appalled when people mentioned him not being the best goalkeeper in the league because when he is at his best, he's by far the best goalkeeper in the league, in my opinion. Um, I remember Chelsea fans associating, sorry, comparing Mendy, um, which I didn't like, especially when Mendy wasn't proven at the time. Um, But Alisson Becker is a goalkeeper that wins you points and there aren't many keepers in the league that can do that for you. When you have someone of that stature for you, like I said, it allows you to defend on the front foot a lot more. It allows you to be more confident as a team. And that, especially with the way we play with our high line, that needs to be there. That confidence in our goalkeeper to be able to do the sweeper-keeper stuff and to be able to make great saves when people getting behind is so important to the team. Completely agree. Else... I'll come to you, kind of following up from from what Mike said there. That kind of that confidence you have in the goalkeeper to deliver points, and that's the what that's one of the main reasons that you, you sign a, a keeper of his stature. You know, Allison, um, 
to, to win you games of football in in those moments like that. Um, how impressive has he been with the centre back? It was it was a little bit sticky in the beginning, you know, when he came back, Leicester included in that when he you know has the incident with 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 Quebec. Um, of course, he's dealing with his father passing away um, at that moment as well, so he's not in the right headspace. But now you kind of see him in this run of form that he's in with Nat Phillips, with Reese Williams kind of sitting in, in front of him and he's thinking, oh, for fuck's sake, where are the other two lads? Where are they? <laughs> they're, they're good. They normally stop the ball from coming in. But he actually, he, weirdly enough, he looks more comfortable playing in less talented centre-backs than he's normally used to. So yeah. uh, just kind of following off from what Mark said, just how impressed have you been with him in, the, in these past few weeks? And how, how much yeah. more safe have you been knowing that you can kind of count on him to be the safe pair of hands that he is in between the sticks? So it is, he had a lot of credit in, in the bank for me, man. He had a lot of credit in the bank for me because some of the saves he makes. And I think I remember like, us talking, we hadn't, we've never had a keeper who can just hold on to the ball. Like literally, it sounds, sounds like mundane and it sounds so like, well, yeah, every keeper should hold on. But no, every keeper doesn't hold on to the ball. And he does. Um, against Newcastle, we could have lost that game, but he made a fair few good saves in that game. Kept us in the game um, against Leeds. Against Leeds, he made a few good saves there. And against Southampton, he made, from what I can remember, like three or four. There was a point where he kicked the ball to... Is it Che Adams? He kicked the ball to Che Adams. And they've tried to... Yeah, lob him or something, but again, boom, he kept it. He's held on. So he's recovered from his own mistake. Um, for our goal, he made a save one on one, gets the ball, then you know, gets us on a counter attack. So yeah, I've been I've been very impressed. But from what we've seen, we just we know what he's on. We know what Allison's on. Um the the level Allison's level is so high that I believe he's not even playing at his level yet. Do you know what I'm saying? That he can, he's another player who can, he can do with a break. He needs to mourn his father properly. Yeah. Um, he he needs to just just relax. It's, it's been a hectic season. But when he when he's on form, we get performances like um, Saturday where he's just dominant. He's just commanding. He oozes that that quality, that control, that calmness that we we have lacked a lot this season, and. Um, he wins you games. It's not. It's not. It's not. Necessary. It's not. Um, what, was, what am I trying to say? It's not uh, every day that you get a keeper that wins you games. Uh, it's, mm-hmm. it's usually like forwards who win you games. But people like Allison, it could be one-one at eighty-five minutes, and he just pulls off a fantastic save, holds onto the ball, then on we go for a counter attack. I think against um, no, no, he didn't. Not against United. I was going to say it, but that was a Van Dijk header. But yeah, I, I feel that he has the same impact as Van Dijk. In the respect of Van Dyke wins everything in the air, everything in the air. Van Dyke wins it. Allison, anything that comes in that six yard box, he usually gobbles it up. If it's a one on one save, he stands up for long and he makes a great save. He made another six save. Was it against Leeds? I think it was against Bamford. Yeah, but he made a save against someone where he just stood up for long, and it was like, "Wow, right, you have to beat me now." And a lot of people fell. They, they fell. So yeah, but again, we're blessed that he's been fit at times this season when we needed him. Same way we've been blessed like Salah's been scoring goals. These are your big players and it just shows how important they are to the players and how important the spine is. Um I know a lot of people can a lot of people can come out and say that, oh yeah, everyone gets injuries. 
which is fair. Everyone does get injuries and they're, they're entitled to complain. If they don't complain about injuries, that's their problem. More for them because me, I'm going to use it as an excuse for the rest of my life. You know what I'm saying? Oh, um, yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's up to you if you want to complain. I'm going to say lost legs like man had malaria or something like that. Bro, I'm going to run it. To the I'm going to say like that basically snapped his leg in half. In half, he had to hobble <laughs> off. He was doing roly polies off the pitch. Oh, you should have seen it. it was a sign. But yeah, we move anyway. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, so, but yeah, um, so I say that to say having your spine is very important. Very, very important. And I, I'm, I'm going back to Alison, but he's one of the like, fundamental parts of our side. And he has really, really helped us this season, man. So hopefully we get more of the same until the end of the season. And if I do just add on to Ellis's point, yeah, if you look at our spine, our spine individually could probably be regarded as the best in their position in the world. So Alison, Fabinho, Van Dijk, those three. I can slightly try and slide Mohamed Salah into the conversation as being spine, but no, I don't want to do that. We're going to be that No, go for it. I'll, 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 um, I'll allow it. <laughs> All right, cool. Let's say those four. Um, Mohamed Salah is probably one of the best forwards over the past four years that in the world full stop um, Fabinho is probably the I want to say the best DM over the past three years in the world Van Dijk has easily been one of the best centre-backs in the world for some time Alisson's probably the premier keeper or one of the premier keeper top three probably on his day in the world and when you remove three of those four especially when Fabinho's moved into a role where he's not able to do his Fabinho things and get into challenges the way he wants to because being that centre-back, he is that last man and he's not able to challenge for the ball the way he wants to because if he is beaten, then someone's thrown goal. And then removing Van Dijk and Alisson at times through the season. It's been a struggle for us. So naturally, people can complain about their injuries, but their injuries wouldn't have had as much of an impact to our squad's Sorry, their squad as our squad did. Back. I don't think City will be able to lose. At the moment, Diaz, Edison. Um, well, I'll, I'll, I'll give you the example right here. They lost Kevin De Bruyne and then Elkai Gundogan stepped up and became yeah. the best midfielder ever known to man. Like any good team, hiring the right employees for your front office is just as important as recruiting the best players for the game. That's why you need Indeed. Indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three. Post, screen, and interview all on Indeed. Get your quality shortlist of candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description faster. Only pay for the candidates that meet must-have qualifications and schedule and complete video interviews in your Indeed dashboard. According to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. Get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. That's literally it. When last year it was, oh no, we lost Laporte. Oh no. Oh no. It's like this season, we don't need Laporte. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. No, it's it is what it is, you know what I mean? Like losing one player, fair enough. 
losing one player can have a massive detrimental impact to a team. You're seeing it literally right now with Aston Villa um, and Jack Grealish. But then again, that's Aston Villa. That's, that they don't have the endless, the endless bounds of cash that Manchester City do. To kind of use the Laporte thing as an excuse, you know, fair enough. It was, impo- it was an important cog to the team. But then it's incomparable to what we've gone through this season. We had Alice now for long stretches of the season. Virgil's been out for most of the season. Gomez's been out for most of the season. Matip then got injured and was out for most of the season. No, no football club has ever, 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 for, to my knowledge anyway, lost three centre-backs in their entire season. It's unprecedented. Like, I'm not, never see it. And not like, I'm not like young kids or anything, like legit starting centre-backs. Yeah. Like championship, championship winning centre-backs. Do you know what I'm saying? So um, that's why, yeah, and that's that's why. Like, yeah, I'm I'm very disappointed with the season. I'm not gonna lie. There's some games where we should have won regardless of who was playing at the back, but it's hard, fam. It's very very hard, isn't it? Like, you have a way of playing. You want to try and stick to that way of playing. Then you're gonna move your midfield generals into your centre backs, and it just doesn't work. And you got players who are running on thin air. You likes of Jeannie Robertson, Trent to, to an extent, Mane to an extent. They're all running up the and these are integral parts of the players, isn't it? Part of the team. So I feel that I feel this season was a wake up call for us in terms of the lack of quality we have in our squad. I think yeah. um that needs to like really needs to be addressed in the summer because we have one too many passengers. Um we we have players who are not really up up to what we need them to be up to. Do you know what I'm saying? So we need we need to address that. Um, yeah, I think it's just that mainly. I, I, I don't I don't want to do the hyperbole thing and oh we need to start again. We need to do this. We need to, I just think we need to address the, the yeah. It's, 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 not complete, it's not a complete. It's not a complete. It's not a complete teardown. It's not destroy the squad and rebuild. It's more be ruthless. Nah, and it's not that. Out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's more people who first sorry, you're not cutting it. Yeah, you can't no, afford to be holding on to players because of sentiment anymore. It's more this is a summer of opportunity like we've been touting for some time. There's so many players that are on the move who could contribute to this squad and help us do a challenge for a title. So remove the players that are not doing that at the moment. The Origis, maybe the Caters, maybe the Oxes, maybe the Minaminos, all of those type of fringe players. And bring people who can contribute every single time they play, regardless of as and when they play. So, like, when you look at City's team, as we mentioned before, Gundogan was able to come in and slot in and become one of the best midfielders to a point where he's been mentioning team of the season. And Mm. Bowden's able to come in and contribute. Amares is able to come in and contribute. Sterling hasn't been the greatest this season, but has still contributed. I think he's still got 11 goals this season. Jesus is able to come in and contribute. You need to have all of those players who are able to do a job at a certain level and you can't go down below that level anymore. We were, sorry, still are even Premier League champions. We, yeah. If we're talking about going forward, we want to be in that type of ilk. We want to be considered as that calibre of club. We can't afford to have people that go below that calibre anymore. And hopefully Klopp is able to see that. Mike Edwards is able to see that. The club is able to see that and able to make sure that these people that are not contributing to the level that we want or not able to reach their potential with Liverpool. So, for example, Minamino, who I think is an amazing player, but is not going to quite cut the mustard at Liverpool just because of the way we play, the way he plays himself. 
and it doesn't really seem suited. So ship him, bring in Harvey Elliott, who's been slapping it at Blackburn. Seven goals, five assists in his sorry, seven goals, eleven assists, was it? I can't even remember. Well, seven goals, seven goals, eleven assists. Yeah. Bring him in, bro. Play plays like that that a lot of local thing fans think, oh yeah, he needs another loan. He doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't need another loan. Just put him in. He's been playing pro football since he was fifteen, fam. You know what I'm saying? Come sit on the bench, you get you're gonna get minutes. You come off, you get minutes. You know what I'm saying? Why would you take him on another loan where he has enough quality for me personally to impact and he has enough like I know I get onto Shaq a lot, but I get onto him because he's an experienced foot, professional footballer, and I expect more from him. And he doesn't give me especially with me. a player that has been to the clubs that he's been to. He's like, so he's got talent. He's the highest level. The yeah, highest so he's got, level. He's got talent, but for some reason, from one reason or the other, we don't see his talent frequently. Like he'll give us like a spurt of two games or five minutes where he'll like do a couple through balls, but it's not enough because. Again, players like Mane, players like Firmino, they need to sit down and they need to rest. Like they, they need competition and we're not giving them that. So, um, I know this is away from Alison Becker. We just started going on the standard, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but like, it, what we've seen this season, like we said, it's not a thing where we need to like rip up the whole manual and flip the script. No, not really. We just need to enhance the squad. We need to make sure that when certain players are out, we have enough quality. We have enough quality to come in and just continue what we're doing. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, Klopp always said that he likes to work with a small squad, but maybe Klopp needs to flip the script and he needs to think, okay, well, I can't do that anymore. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I can't do that anymore because look what happened last season. If you had a bigger squad and um, you, you got certain players in, we wouldn't be in this position, you know what I'm saying? Again, and Liverpool need to, like we said um, at the start of the season or in the middle of the season when we was all breaking down, at that live that's Liverpool that is like when everything was just unraveling. We tried to get value in a market that had no value, and I think that was our downfall. Because had we sold a couple players for less money that we wanted, we would have got that centre back we needed in, in, in September. We probably would have got centre back at that time. But um, we didn't, so hopefully that's, they've learned a lesson from that. And we can now go and rebuild the squad as a whole and try and fill in a few gaps. Like, Liverpool need at least 17 good players or 15, let's say 15 good players. Then you fill the rest with like your youngsters who are coming up. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So just to link that all back into Alisson... There was a period of the season where I believe Alisson missed four games. And yeah, mm-hmm. Kelleher was able to step up, but ideally you would want to be able to give Alisson the time off when he is grieving his father. Yeah. And instead of rushing him back, we need someone of that quality that can come in and do a job at goalkeeper even. Um, but like Ellis said about maybe we should have done this and that in the summer, it, hindsight is an amazing thing and it's easy to say and judge based on what has happened so far that we haven't covered ourselves in glory throughout the season the mm-hmm. transfer committee Klopp himself the players so it is what it is we go again next season I believe everything happens for a reason maybe if we did go out and get that centre-back we would have got the wrong option um, because I believe Konate is the right option for our squad 
in terms of profile, in terms of age profile, in terms of money, in terms of wages. I think Konate is absolutely perfect for us. So maybe everything does happen for a reason and maybe we can just use this season as a springboard so that we are never in this situation again. Yeah, it's like you guys were saying there. Um, I think when they're planning out the season and what they need to do in August, you don't come up with a solution and you don't you don't really think about, OK, cool, what are we going to do if all, all three centre-backs who normally start get injured? I mean, you said that in a meeting, you'd be like, oh, you're on drugs. Like, what's, what's going on here? Like, no way that happened. Do you but know what I'm saying? It's just one of those unfortunate things that has happened. Um, but yeah, um, that we know for sure that they'll 100% carry five centre-backs next season, um, which will be a good thing, considering what we've gone through this year. Um, but yeah, you know, bringing that full circle back to Alison Becker, you kind of do need to take away that uncertainty at times and not have to rely on your goalkeeper to kind of produce those those moments of magic and just those those little bright sparks to see yourself through the game, especially in the moment we're in now. But you know, this is the, this is the situation we do find ourselves in. And we need him to deliver. And thankfully, he has in certain moments. So let's start the conversation about Thursday's game. The rescheduled game because lads, were, lads weren't happy because a league was being formed and stuff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if, if you want all that chat, on, listen to Mugger. I'm not here for that. I'm talking about Liverpool. Liverpool. It's a game that always brings out the emotion in people. It brings the emotion out in the players. And it's going to be really weird turning up to Old Trafford and not having, what, 65,000, 70,000 screaming Mancunians calling you a bellend at every possible opportunity um, and every single name under the sun. So, Els, I'll come to you. Do, do you think this game on Tuesday, not Tuesday, Thursday, they might thrive without the crowd being there and actually play the game more than they do the occasion? Um, that's a good point. We haven't played them behind closed doors yet, have we? Oh, we, uh, played. we played with Drew. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think Klopp does this thing where he always plays the occasion. I'm not too sure why. Um, he hasn't really got the best record away at Old Trafford. Um, United haven't been the best at home, so it is an opportunity to just play the game. Um, I hope Klopp rings that into their ears, just play the game and take it to United. Uh, I don't think United like teams taking it to them and pressing them. So um, I hope that they play the game and not the occasion because, there's, like you said, there's no fans. There's, there's no one there. So just play it like it's a normal game. Um, we played them in the FA Cup. That was one. That was one of our better performances. Granted, we did lose. So it's tricky. It's a tricky one because I just have we have to wait to see what the centre backs are saying because we can't go into the game against United again with um, Reese Williams. He's going to have PTSD. Um, we've got to just save save the young kid. Um, Fabinho at the back. We use a lot of balance in the field. So it's one of those games you just have to wait and see what the team is and what comes out. But again, it is a game that we can win. Because as good as United have been, I don't think they're the greatest of teams. And I believe that if we was to get our chances, hopefully we can take one or two of them. Um, it's a game that is there to be won. But again, it's what Klopp does. Does Klopp play the occasion? Or does Klopp play just the match? And that? I'm, I'm, 
I'm not too sure why he plays you occasionally. He always does it against uh, Everton and United. Yeah. You know, you know the ones where a foreign manager from the outside looking in, he sees that, oh yeah, those are the big games, so you've got to treat with respect. Then he brings that attitude in and he always tries to be with it. He doesn't want to lose against them, but he doesn't go out to win it. So, we have to see, man. We'll have to see. Hopefully, they just play the game and just get the three points and keep it moving. It's a good point. I mean, hopefully they don't kind of get, get within their own head, especially with this fixture. I think it'll do them the world of good. I mean, you look how they played in the FA Cup game. It was a fairly strong squad that we put out for that game in January. Again, they they, they did lose 3-2. They gave away a stupid free kick towards the end of the game that Bruno scored. Shame he couldn't fucking do that this evening. Um, <laughs> but they that was the game where it kind of felt it was somewhat going in the right direction. Um, you know, they were creating chances. They just stopped worrying about the defensive frailties and focused about the attacking side of things. And it kind of reared the head where we saw some of the issues that we still have now in terms of chance creation, not putting the ball in the back of the net. But Mark, I'll come, I'll come to you kind of off the back of what Al said there as well. We still, it, it's a weird one that Manchester United have play, are going to play three games within the space of a week, um, which is madness. I think it's not even a week, it's like well, five days, something like that. Um, and, somehow, and somehow they still have less injury worries than we do. Um, you know, we look at the lineup. Quebec is potentially not going to be fit enough to play on Thursday. Milner might be out. Kaita might be out. And one of the things that we saw from the game against Southampton was the bench was extremely, extremely light. The point where uh, Billy Cometio, who has been playing very well for the under 18s, after uh, giving his due there, was on the bench. And the somewhere from the wilderness, they found Ben Woodburn, and he was on the bench as well whose last appearance in the Liverpool squad was in the 4-0 against Barcelona um, all those moons ago. So do you think the lack of squad options and things he can do within this fixture really hinder the approach he can take? So let's just say, for instance, if you do kind of want to say, you know what, fuck it, let's go all-out attack, make it a bit of a basketball game, 4-2-4. Do you think he's got the weaponry at his disposal to do that? That's um, what I want to prefix what I want to say. When Glazer's out... Any United fans listening, 7 o'clock, be there, Thursday, smash up the place again, gift us our three points. Um, hopefully the fans will call in the owners' balance instead of us. But yeah, moving on to what your question was, um, the 4-2-4 option would be an extremely nice way to go. Um, but you lose a lot of control if you have to move Fabinho back into the centre-back pairing, um, which looks like is going to be the... The move for the moment because you're not going to put Reese Williams and Nat Phillips up against a Cavani or up against a Rashford. Rashford would absolutely tear them limb from limb. And Cavani's movement is so great as a striker. And we all know he's a world class striker. Let's not even front on that aspect of his game. He moves so well off the ball that I don't think those two will be able to pick him up as good as they are in the air. They will get lost at some times and they will lose concentration, especially not having played top flat football against that many top level strikers in terms of Cavani's experience. So relative to Cavani's experience. Um, so a lot depends on our centre back pairing. I'm not too sure who would start in midfield. Maybe Genie and Thiago, which I don't like. Um, when I have seen Genie and Thiago in a pairing together in midfield and there isn't a Fabinho there, 
That, they have to cover Genie, a lot of ground. Yeah, Genie has to cover a lot of ground by himself, and Thiago isn't as mobile as Genie is and isn't able to do that. Um, ideally, we would have another centre-back, maybe a Ben Davis who could step in for us, maybe, instead of just sitting on the bench. But um, it's, like it's going to be a big struggle for us. <laughs> I wouldn't have been shocked if Ben Davis was H, by the way, from Line of Duty. That's how oh, fucking random he is. Jesus, Mary and Joseph are the little donkey legs. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's what the two million was for, paying off the OCG. Yeah, 100%. 100%. <laughs> but, honestly, I think regardless of who we play in centre-back, Fabinho in this game is more key to us in midfield than he is in centre-back. And with the way I figure the two... Formation, so the two lineups going with Fabinho at centre back and with Fabinho in midfield, um, it would be a lot harder to target Trent's channel if Fabinho is in midfield and is able to cover that space as opposed to being a centre back and being isolated versus Rashford. We have seen him isolated against Werner where he played really well. We also have seen him against Chelsea where they beat us one 0 I believe, in the Mason Mount game and he didn't really cover himself in glory. Um, Ideally, what I would want to see going forward in that game is maybe, I do want to say a 4-2-3-1 with Fabinho and maybe Thiago. I'm not too sure who goes in defence. I might say risk it and do the Nat Phillips and Reese Williams thing and just hope we have enough going forward to break them down, especially with them losing Maguire, not being the best defensively. I believe they've got 38 goals conceded, which is quite high for the traditional top four, we've got 39 goals conceded to put that in context. And we also hold a 7-2. So, man, United have leaked goals at times. Um, as you can see today, against Leicester, they weren't the greatest defensively. I know that is a significantly, significantly rotated team, but there are ways to get at them. And hopefully we'll be able to exploit that. Hopefully Yota's not snatching at chances again. Mane looks like he may have turned the corner. Um, Salah's been Salah throughout the season and looks like he hasn't really missed a step regardless of how the team is playing. He's been able to keep it at a decent level or acceptable level for us. So maybe he's able to do the same and spaz on them at Old Trafford. But a lot of me was writing off this game prior to the Leicester game. But with Leicester winning their game, I think we need a draw at minimum. Yeah, um, it's still doable with 10 points, which is the maddest thing. Um, this game, it's just, one, it's, it's, just, it's just one of those games where it's so late in the season and the fact that, I, that we're still playing football now is, is, is crackers to me. And the fact that we've still got three games left after this as well, it's just absolutely insane. But just feeds into the narrative of the season more than anything. Um, this, this, this game for me is I actually go as far as to say it's your biggest game of the season in what's riding on it for the remainder of those last three games and the fact that it's your last big opponent, it's your biggest rival in football say what you will, Everton are your closest rival but Manchester United are your biggest rival they are where you probably should be at the moment they're doing all the things right and you kind of want to just give a little bit of a reminder. You want to give a little bit of a receipt and say, look, we might be having a down year, but even at our lowest moment, you still can't beat us. You beat us in your own backyard. 
And rest assured, when we heal up, when we come back next season, when we come back next August, we're going to be there. We're going to be better than we were then. And we're going to trounce you again. And we're going to try, you know, we're going to, Eddie Guerrero quote, I say it every week. Every week we get a wrestling, not on this pod. We're going to lie. We're going to cheat. We're going to steal. We're going to claw our way back to regaining that Premier League. And that's why I think this game is going to be the biggest of the season and they need to really show out. Injuries or not, they just need to show out. Pride, man. Just do, just do it. Just do it for who, yeah, who you are. Possible, man. Regardless of what you have to do to get that win, get that win. It, mate, I take the filthiest of own goals. Because I've seen the <laughs> dodgiest things. I've seen the dodgiest things happen for Manchester United when we play them. The dodgiest things always happen. Whether it be Diego Forlan popping up. Whether it be John O'Shea with a lay header. Whether it be someone absolutely shite just popping up and scoring a goal for them. Or it'd be a moment of magic, like when uh, Mata scored that uh, overhead kick. There's always something mad that happens for them. It's about time something nice happened for us in that picture. That's all I'm going to say. But there's not too much really to talk about in that game in terms of lineups and stuff. Obviously, Klopp will have his pre-match press conference uh, today. As you're listening, it'll probably be around midday, so do check out for that in terms of the latest injury news. And just to see how he feels in these press conferences, because I always find it really interesting because... You can tell he's had a good week of training when he's in a, when he's in a decent mood. He's quite happy. And you can tell he's, he can tell he's been had an absolutely awful week of training when he's really scowling at, um, at journalists, which is, the, which is the funniest thing. Let's end the pod on this note. So our top four chances took a bit of a dent with Leicester getting that win against the hobbled Manchester United. Um, that was against... Um, uh, what's that? Is it, what's, what's that Manchester United team that they started up because of the Glazers? The City of Manchester United. or something like that? FC United. United. That was FC United playing, uh, yeah. playing Leicester this <laughs> evening. Yeah. Or, or Salford. <laughs> or Salford. Actually, yeah, Salford would have paid 16 different... Salford would have been... You remember that episode of um, The Simpsons with the softball team? And Mr. Bird basically pays all these uh, <laughs> Major League player. Baseball players. That would be Mank. David the man Che Guevara doing it all yeah. for Salford City there. Yeah, I'm saying. <laughs> he's, such a, he's such a dirty bastard. Um, yeah. <laughs> they did take a little bit of a dent in terms of probability. But I'm going to turn to the optimist. I'm going to turn to the guy who could light up a room with his optimism. It's his most endearing quality. You can see the positives and everything. Mark, tough four chances for Liverpool. Four games remaining. All or nothing. Everything's on the we line. Get we get top four. Are they expensive, Leicester? They've really, they really, they really angered you this evening, haven't they? No, not really. I just can't see them beating Chelsea. So they need four points to confirm it. I can't see them beating Chelsea, regardless of how heavily Chelsea have to rotate. Um, Chelsea have, in my opinion, the second best squad in the league at the moment in terms of depth and who they can bring on. Like, they didn't start Mount. They can start Mount. They can start Cho. They can start Abraham. They can start Pulisic. They can start Ziyech. Like, they can start whoever they want. And Tuchel has them playing in a way that they're very hard to break down. So, will Leicester be able to do that? And I know Kalichi has been on in magnificent form, but Vardy hasn't really been. And other than Kalichi, the goals are not really coming from that many places. So, take Kalichi out of the game. And are they really going to threaten Chelsea like that, especially with a back three? 
Um, then moving on to Spurs, I think Kane is going to be gunning for that golden boot. The same guy that he tried to sell his daughter for a golden boot is going to be fit and firing for that match. Like, that's going to be the match where I think he'll probably be on 22 goals. Salah will probably be on 21 goals. And he'll be thinking, yeah, Salah could score at any minute. I'm going to have to score three. So I think he's going to take it to them. Um, in terms of our chances, prior to the Quebec injury, I didn't see us losing the United game. I thought we'll draw a win. Um, at the moment, I see a draw. It depends on the lineups. Then I'll be able to like kind of suss out where I think the opportunities are, where I think we have our weaknesses and so on and so forth. But West Brom have already resigned themselves. I know Sam Allardyce is a prick, but we should be able to beat them. They... <laughs> Shouldn't really offer too much of a threat going forward. Burnley is probably where I have the most doubt about us as a team because they'll be going into Turf Moor with fans behind them in the droves and those racismo guys will be able to cheer on their team, especially with, as you mentioned earlier, Chris Wood scoring goals at a rate that was previously ridiculous. I remember criticising you for Chris Wood, or all of us even criticised you for Chris Wood. Or was it Ashley Barnes? I'm not too sure which one it was. It was Ashley, it was Ashley Barnes. I can't even tell yeah, on cool. that one. It was Ashley Barnes. Um, <laughs> but Chris Wood has been scoring goals at a phenomenal rate over the past few games. And he, against Nat Phillips and maybe Reese Williams or maybe Quebec, will relish that physical battle, especially against someone who is significantly less experienced. Um, if we are able to put up a great result versus West Brom where we can maybe run up the score, then we'll go into the Burnley game fit, full of confidence, hopefully fit anyway, as the season has gone on. I can't really stay fit with too much as confidence. As fit as you can be. But, um, yeah, as fit as you can be. And hopefully we'll be able to go in with the attacking confidence to see that game to bed. And then we've got Crystal Palace in front of the cop. And those fans will probably spur us on in the last game. So I can see it coming out as us getting, I believe, 67 points, less than 65. I don't think they beat Chelsea. I think they draw with Spurs. It's interesting. It's interesting. It's, 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 it's the weird thing. It's because it can, it can still... It's unlikely, but it can still happen. I mean, anything is possible in this life, and we know it. Um, from the optimist to the pessimist... One of the biggest haters I know. The player haters ball. Silky Johnston himself. Els, what are you thinking? Man, fuck these guys, man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm not as optimistic as um my dear brother Mark. Uh, it's going to be hard, man. It's going to be hard to just... I don't, I just I, to get a win against United, to get, get a draw against United is touch and goal. Last few games of the season, um, are we going to beat Burnley? Have to go to their ground, try and get something from their ground. It's long, man. It's just long. Man. My my main thing is if we had Kabak and Phillips, I'd be a bit more confident. But Kabak's not going to be playing, so then we have to use either Fabinho or Williams. I don't know if they have enough in there in their armoury to combat, let's say, like you said, at Aspaz or Chris Wood, or anyone like that. So I'm not, I'm not, I don't think we can do it. Um, I'd like to say we can, but I don't think we're going to do it. it it's, it's just too much for us to turn around. Obviously, we'll look back at the games we're supposed to win. 
and um, we should have won them. But the only thing in my head is that it's football, innit? It happens every season. Um, we're not you, we're not new to this, man. Like all of us are like twenty five and over, innit? And we've seen seasons like this before. Like <laughs> so, like we go again next season. We just hope next season they do the right thing and win when they have to win. Um, we was talking before. Obviously, I don't want to ramble on too much. We was talking before the, the pod, and uh, we were saying that I don't think we don't think that our trans, transfer um, see summer will be really hinge on us getting top four. To be fair, um, so that's one thing I'm not too worried about. Um, we have players coming back next season, and I feel that the league will be there to be won because I don't feel Man City are far and away the Man City that was. 17-18, um, I feel that they've been brought back to earth a little bit. Still an absolutely magnificent team. Deserve to win the title because of they went on a crazy run. But I feel, I feel they haven't really, they haven't really like um, tore up the league like they usually do. From time when Man United have lost fewer games than them. So you know I'm saying the only thing is they just know how to win. Um, they need a striker. Also, just to add to that as well, Ellis, as you mentioned pre-pod as well, they still haven't won the league technically. Uh, City by now would have had it wrapped up. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think I think with Man United losing today, they win the league. Yeah, they've Man won United. it now. Oh, yeah, 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 they win it. But there is like there is a uh, legitimately a hundred people outside of the Etihad, which is quite funny. <laughs> we small town team. Well, yeah, so as you can see, like. Look how long, even though, even though they went through that long stretch of not losing, look how long it took them to like wrap up the league anyway. So I feel that, yeah, once we get our, our ducks in order, we sort ourselves out, I feel we'll be back next season. Um, we just have to take the season and chin. And like I said, it was a realisation that the squad isn't good enough and hopefully Klopp can see that and Liverpool can see that and we can go out and, and get and sort out what we need to sort out and just keep it moving from there, man. But unfortunately, I think we've just left it a bit too late. I don't think they have enough energy within the squad to just try and get us over the, the line. So can I make a quick outlander shout? Like I don't think Copend is the same without a Marco crazy shout. Yeah. So it's what makes I'm it. It's say, what makes it what it is. I'm gonna say Firmino's gonna be the one to get us the goal that puts us into top four. Similar to do you remember Genie's goal when um, against Southampton? Middlesbrough. Middlesbrough. Slapped it. I think it's going to be either Firmino, Jones, or Nat Phillips. <laughs> put them three up. And I, I, know one, I know someone from Liverpool is listening, yeah, so get them three boys on it. Get them on the PEDs or whatever you need to do. Make sure they're fit and firing. Sports <laughs> of Mark belong to Mark alone and not of Cop uh, Frackers. And Matt, <laughs> when you get top four, I'm coming to shave your head top still. Head top's gone. <laughs> Gone. Clean, we're going bold, baby. Bold. <laughs> I have to wax it after think... as well. <laughs> Slap the alcohol on his head. That sting. Um, yeah, I think in terms of the decision making for this summer, it's one of those ones where you kind of have to remove a little bit of the emotion around it, especially when you've been on the journey that you have with some of these players and you achieve the things you have too. Um, but I think the most important thing, as we've seen from this kind of run of games, is a lot of these players have lost a little bit of trust from Jurgen Klopp that he can't use them in these in these situations. So that does seem to really indicate that we do need a bit more strength and depth in specific areas of the squad. And like we said earlier on, it's not a complete tear down, it's not a complete rebuild. It's just a, a little bit of a remodeling of the kitchen really, in all honesty. But 
thank you, gents, Mark, Els, thank you very much for joining me this evening to talk about all things LFC. Um, you will catch myself and Ellis today, 7pm, YouTube Live. Not YouTube, not YouTube Live, just YouTube. We'll be live with the guys from Mugger for the fight card as Liverpool prepare to take on Manchester United at Old Trafford. Minus the protesters this time. Um, and me and Els will be debating why Liverpool are better than Man United in pretty much every single aspect behind this season <laughs> and he'll be doing his utmost to make sure that Bruno Fernandes can get anywhere near to full starting 11 that is for sure so be uh, so do be on the lookout for the links when they do go out on the Copper Trustline Frackers and the Mugger Twitter pages for when you can access that YouTube live so be sure to join in tomorrow but again from myself Chris Els and Mark Thank you so much for joining in. We will see you on Thursday evening if you're a Patreon member. But if you're not, we'll see you next Tuesday. Thanks for joining. Hold coming for you. Podcast Network.